Welcome everyone to go to there. The chronological journey through 30 Rock, looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 4, Jack the Writer. So, this episode was a blurg. This episode was a blurg, almost like immediately forgettable. Uh, I know I think I mentioned, oh, the next few episodes are really getting new. This episode, that was a lie. Yeah, this is, I think, one of the worst episodes of the first season. Although it contains a couple of important moments and sort of sets up some stuff to come later in the season in the series. Like, just like with episode two, I just felt like it felt six minutes short, even though it's... 21 minute runtime like it just like just as it it seems like just as it's gaining steam it stops like credits are rolling and it's like what happened like where did that time go where did those 22 minutes go because i feel like nothing really happened in this episode that time went to jack making bad jokes <sighs> i guess like i guess that's where the bulk of it goes i don't know like we'll get into it but the B storyline of Kenneth and Tracy almost feels like a filler that I, I just maybe even a last minute addition. I don't, I don't know, but it could like that could have stood to be its own episode, honestly. Um, because I mean, like that sets in motion the Kenneth and Tracy storyline that goes through the rest of the series, but it just not enough happens there, and not enough really seems to happen in the A story. So it just seems like this episode needs to be made i don't know it's just yeah. it's it's just a, i mean it's just broad just a big misstep yeah. honestly maybe maybe we'll rediscover one of the another bad episode but i i like as of right now i i my memory serves this is probably one of just the worst episodes and i think i got it mixed up with the next episode is the the jackter episode which is i don't want to blame my memory too much but i i i remember that one being a lot better but well, well I only remember four episodes, but this okay. one is the weakest of the four. <laughs> All right, well, so we'll get started with episode four. On that optimistic oh, note oh, about yeah, how no. crazy Stick in there, like, I'm, I'm yeah. Maybe, it's only 20 minutes. Do you have any good choking stories or any other stories that we can just pad this episode No, on? but I have at least one bit of trivia. One bit of trivia? All right, that's more than I got, so. All right, we'll hop into episode four, Jack the Writer. All right, we have a lot to get through today, you guys. Anybody have anything on page one? I think we need to change this Donald Trump joke. Because Donald Trump was eaten by a lion this morning on the International Space Station. Anyone listening? Yeah, okay, Sari, um, how about instead of doing the scripts, uh, why don't you just organize those videotapes? Oh, okay. Okay, actually, uh, could you go downstairs and get me a chai tea? Okay, um, where are my shoes? No, no, just go, just go barefoot. Just leave your shoes. Okay. We gotta change this Trump joke. Like, that was a pretty good cold opening. That's that's the cold opening that I've come to expect from the show as the series goes on. Just, like, not being two minutes long, just being, like, real quick. Yeah. Punch joke and then cut to the credits. But still not great. Um, you know, not really much to say about the whole Donald Trump line because at this time he's only famous for being, well... 
Well, he's famous for a lot of things, but this was when The Apprentice was airing right. and still pretty popular. So yeah, he, he was his reputation, I guess, was better at that time. <laughs> well, I mean, comparatively, like if you said the name Donald Trump, that's true. He he wasn't as villainous. Yeah, and he wasn't. Well, he, I think he was just widely accepted as a joke before The Apprentice, right. and The Apprentice is what made a certain segment of the population think he was a successful businessman. <laughs> Right, even though I've really, I've never seen that show. I have no interest in ever watching it. The first season, it, my family watched the first season. Did he really even do anything, or was he just always like this sort of tell end of the character? Like he would open the episode and end the episode. Yeah, I, I think basically is. he would introduce the task they were they were going to work on. Maybe have a sound bite here or there when like asking how things were going or talking to like the the uh, some tasks had. Um, it was like an, it, the people from this organization would be the judges or whatever, say who they thought did better, and you, you would you would see him talking to them about their opinions, and then obviously the boardroom scene. At the so end. like all bosses in his position, he doesn't actually do anything. Everyone below him does everything, but he he sort of gets the credit. Sort of. I mean, I, well, I mean, I guess in actual CEO in an organization, I mean, probably does a that. lot of things that are sort of high level, maybe, and even though it seems like an easy job and. I'm, I, I guess it depends on the company and the CEO, but sometimes they do do important work, even if it's, I don't know, you know, I guess. seen as all you do is fly around on jets. And well, no, I don't see it that way, but it's just like, yeah. uh, just sort of looking at a corporate's ladder, it just seems like a, someone on that level, like, not to say they don't do anything, but... Well, it's a lot of meetings and yeah. relationship management and just high-level strategic decisions, you know? Like, yeah. they'll say, okay, we're going to do this, and then the whole company has to implement it. Okay, so. so I know when The Apprentice came about, like, that whole thing of, like, him trademarking, you're fired. Mm-hmm. Was that legitimate, or was that, like... You mean, was... A, like, him tra- actually trademarking, if mm-hmm. you say you're fired in some sort of context, like, you would have to pay for it or something, or... Because I remember that sort of being, like, a big thing for, like, a year or two, and, like, I think even American Dad make a joke about it, like, uh, Stan says it to one of the characters, and, like, Donald Trump shows on screen, and he's like, oh, no, it's possessive, so you don't get paid for that kind of thing, or... Yeah, I... I don't know a ton about trademark law, but I okay. I, I, I think when something is trade... So, to receive a trademark, it has to be shown that like it can be used in a certain context and it can't be too general use but i i don't know a catchphrase uh, i i i think like even if something is trademarked you don't violate anything unless you're trying to profit off it so like, like i mean all these i mean google mcdonald's all these companies are quote-unquote registered trademarks but if we just say the name mcdonald's true i mean if someone on tv says the word mcdonald's it's not necessarily uh, it, i guess it's all context based. And you infringe a trademark if you're trying to profit off of it. So the the purpose of having a registered trademark is it, it's something that you uniquely profit off of. So I guess when when it's something is decided to be a trademark, it has to be ruled that it's really not a general use phrase. Like so I don't know, like you, you couldn't trademark I'm going to the store. I, I, well, I mean maybe right. because it depends on the context, but it, it it's, it's something that you uniquely profit off of, and then. To infringe upon it, then you have to be trying to profit off of it yourself, I guess. Like, like so for example, if, you know, we're, we're not affiliated or having to do with Disney, but if we try to use some Disney trademark affiliated, any, you know, in some way to, I, I, I don't know, like, Mickey, you know, like, Mickey Mouse says they're a great visitor. Or, I, I, Which is, like, so, like, saying, like, I mean, like, saying you're fired in a workplace setting, 
Which, I mean, that's terrible for whoever's on the other Well, end. that doesn't actually happen. I mean, right. well, I, I mean, mean, it happens, but not literally you're fired yeah. unless there's a certain situation. But, like, that company would not have to pay Donald Trump any sort of money. And I, I don't know. Like, again, it just it doesn't really matter. I just I remember that being a big deal. And I was just like, huh, that sounds really silly and stupid. But I mean, it kind it of makes sense. Like he would be that vindictive or that like power hungry. He could actually try and make that a thing. I mean, I think it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, you're fired is, is a very notable catchphrase. It was. I mean, if you hear you're fired, you immediately associate with The Apprentice. So it kind of makes sense. I mean, I, in, in that way, I mean, I realize like you're fired is a more common term than, I don't know, like what, Bazinga from Big Bang Theory. But that's the thing where, I mean, it's just, it's literally just a slogan that's closely associated with the show. It's just in the case of you're fired, it's something that could reasonably be said in real life. But I mean, I don't know. Ending this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I would rather watch a million hours of Big Bang Theory than watch one episode of The Apprentice. I mean, <laughs> so I, I mean, I only saw the first two seasons. I can't remember, but the first season was really the first season was was really good because it was before it became hokey. So it actually had instead of people who were desperate for fame, it had a good number of actual, I think, legitimate business people who you know were were trying to do what they would do in a business setting just it was it was part of the you know tv game show or something mm-hmm. so fair enough i mean it, it, i mean it's it, i also literally haven't seen it since the first season aired however long ago so but i mean i, I remember it, it you know it, it it was it was more of a serious like top chef type show than uh a, gi- a gimmicky than just like yeah exactly what, yeah. It, what yeah. it ultimately would become yeah by the end yeah yeah I didn't think we'd talk about The Apprentice that much. Uh, so, <laughs> well, it's <laughs> it's a dull episode, guys. <laughs> so we come back from the opening credits, and immediately we see, for whatever reason, never explained, you just accept it. Tracy Jordan is throwing bologna or some sort of deli meat, yeah, just at the wall, uh, and Kenneth approaches him. Josh, set please for sniper talk. So Jordan, what's up, Ken? I got your car washed like you asked. Got that baby on board sign you wanted to help you get tail. Thanks, Ken. You've done good. It's my pleasure and my job, sir. Anything you ever need, just ask. But I want you to know something. You and me, it's not going to be a one-way street. Because I don't believe in one-way streets. Not between people and not while I'm driving. Oh, okay. So here's some advice I wish I would have got when I was your age. Live every week. Like a shock week. I mean, so yeah, that's the building right there of, of Tracy and Kenneth, just sort of where, like, him eventually joining his entourage and his posse. Uh, and I, I know we talked about, like, Jenna hasn't shown up. She's not in this episode. Josh hasn't been in an episode since the first either. I don't know. Was he in the second? He was in the second I think one he was because yeah. Jenna was also in the second one. Yeah. yeah. So this is two episodes that Josh doesn't make the cut either. Yeah. It's never explained, just like Jenna. Like, they're mentioned, like, there's, like, the PA overhead saying, you know, on set. So you could just write it. They're on set, doing their bits and, and practicing whatever. But, like, they literally are never on screen. Uh, they're only mentioned in their episodes. Yeah. It, it, there's more of a focus on behind-the-scenes stuff in the writers. But, I mean, I, I guess the writers always are focused on a decent amount. It just... I don't know. Like, what, what do you think? Is are, are they focusing on the writers or have they been in this, these past couple of episodes more than further down the line? Um, Maybe not. It just seems I like... Think, I think equal time. I think yeah. equal time to the, the writer's room is, is sort of uh, sparsed out. But 
even still when they're back in the writing's room writer's room like in later episodes and seasons jenna and josh and tracy are still part of that group they're usually yeah. at least walking through they're at least part of the scenery yeah. it's uh, it's it's just odd that you know i mean jenna is part of the main credits but she just hasn't been in the second episode i think you might have mentioned that last episode but it could be like in the she like because of the switch from switching from rachel dratch to jane krakowski there was maybe like trying to still discern what her character was going to be so they hadn't really wrote a lot for her just yet so they're still building that but in canon you could write it like maybe she's off filming the Rur juror or she's like working on something else outside of the studio is how you could sort of write that off in canon again it doesn't really matter she'll show back up soon enough i think in the next episode i don't know um but yeah that's i mean so we get a good look at the writer's room and sort of how they wind down maybe after like in their, during their break times and stuff uh, while they're writing an episode per week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stan there. Happy birthday, Stan. All right. We're halfway done. Let's take a little break. Yeah. You guys want to have a uh, one-minute dance party? Yeah. Crank it, Tooper. Oh, please, uh, finish your dance. No, oh, we were just taking a little break, and uh, we all love the music of Chameleon Air. I see. Remember when Chameleon Air was a thing? Oh my god, I didn't know how to pronounce his name for oh, really? ever, because I'd only ever seen it in videos. Like I'd never, I wasn't watching MTV when he was a thing, so no one was introducing his music. So I was just like, Chamon Chameleon Air, like. <laughs> I didn't know how to pronounce Chameleon. it. Cam- like the only thing I know about him, I don't even know this song only because of Thirty Rock. But yeah. I don't know what it's called. But like the only thing I know is Riding Dirty, and yeah. I only know that because Weird Al Yankovic parodied it. Yeah. And- well, he wasn't a one-hit wonder, but that was by far his most his most notable and probably his only memorable song at this point really yeah to 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 to, mean, to, to 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 the wide culture i think oh yeah like if, if you're if you're more of a hip-hop fan then some of his other stuff was kind of like it was a hit i think on r&b and rap radio but not so much in the mainstream but was he rb rb was he r&b or was he predominantly hip-hop he was predominantly hip-hop but okay. i mean it's just like usually had, like the r&b oh, hip-hop charts so. i think if he had come out maybe like five years early like when when nelly was bigger that would have been a bigger time for him to come out because like when he was really raising to prominence nelly wasn't a thing anymore and that like down like dirty south uh i guess phase or whatever you want to call it like interest was just gone Mm. so i don't know i think he just i think he hit it big at the wrong time and didn't stay yeah i think it was his because i don't know anyone that still talks about yeah i don't think he's i don't know if he's actively but i mean we're also white people that don't really listen to hip-hop so yeah, we don't have too but, much knowledge. But well, about but it. but I do follow the charts enough to see like he doesn't really he hasn't really shown up in any capacity. Yeah. That I've I'm sure he's still getting steady work and he's yeah. doing. Something. He might be like on like a producer level or something. Like I'm sure he's still getting steady work. Yeah, yeah. He just never really crossed my mind. Yeah. The other thing I noticed is that the director for this episode was Gail Mancuso, who Ooh. is one of those. Well, she's one of those directors who a lady, a lady director who she she basically has directed an episode of a. a I won't say every sitcom you can think of the last couple decades or so, but she's done a lot of recent times. Um, but interesting, like she she she's done most 
sitcoms that you've heard of in recent times, but she only ever won Emmys for Modern Family, which was... Oh. And, th- and that's the reason why I guess I recognize her name, because I, kn- I knew she had done work on that, but... Jesus. Yeah. 110 directions. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, she did a lot of Roseanne. Oh, really? In the first yeah, that, round. Yeah. She did, like, 50, 50 yeah. episodes of that. She's done, like, almost 30 of Modern Family. She did an Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Great News, so she seems to have a relationship with Tina Fey. She's done some Blackish, Fresh yeah. Off the Boat. Yeah. yeah, she's just, she's had, oh, Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23. Underrated, that is underrated, modern classic. Overlooked. That show is worth your time. Happy Endings. I would love to cover an episode of Happy Endings at some point. That show, again, just like Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23, yeah. overlooked and under. That one lasted like four seasons, though, which is more than most of those yeah. kinds of shows last. But I... Oh, she did an episode of Happy Endings, funny enough. Yeah. Oh, God, that show's good. Both of those shows are really good. I want to do an episode of both of those at some point. Okay. Whew, those are good shows. Yeah, she's got a great... Uh, she did eight episodes of 30 Rock. Yeah, she's got a good list here. Yeah. She did... She could work... I don't like it. This wasn't her best work, though. No. She did the best with what she had. Let's just say that. I mean, I I don't think she wrote it, so, I mean... Uh, I don't don't want to look and find out, like, Tina Fey wrote this and be like, oh, no! But she finally did. You can only direct so much based off the material you have to work with. That's true. That's true. Uh, If you don't mind, I'll just observe from over here. You will? Why? Are you familiar with Six Sigma? Oh, yeah. It's a special kind of G.I. Joe. It's Frank, right? Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, Frank, Six Sigma is the elite GE executive training course. To master just its basic concepts, one must brave a five-day conference at a Sheraton. Six Sigma says that a manager must understand every aspect of the business he or she oversees. Which means? I'll be in here every day, soaking it up. So please uh, return to work and act like I'm not here. Okay. I will say one of the actual interesting things this episode does is, I think, a, a realistic and interesting depiction of a operations or business suit type who is used to doing things a certain way and wants to be on in the creative process, even though he's not really creative, but mm-hmm. is so used to making a decision and saying, okay, we're going to do this and you follow it, that he takes that same tack and it just doesn't work that way with a creative you know, uh, in a creative field where you're you, basically you look for dozens of ideas and then, you know, go with things that work as opposed to say, okay, this is my idea. We're going to do it. Let's run with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that whole dynamic of, right. Yeah. There's actually going to be people that question you or, or have, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth opinions. I think that is nice. And I think it's, and I also kind of like in his delivery, he says he or she, like he does, he's, I mean, he's a sexist character and that develops more of the season. But he still is open to, like, in this group of Six Sigma, which is a real thing in the oh, GI it's a real, world. It, oh, it's and also, it's all, well, I say it's yeah. also a real, G, like, it, it was, General Electric was the company that pioneered the whole Six Sigma business thing. Yeah. Well, but I mean, like, that, Thanks, that Jack, Jack would, uh, like, acknowledge that there are also female leaders in yeah. the world, in the corporate world, too, which he could have, like, to his character, he could have easily just been, like, he... And then Liz could have been like, or she, and then he just like chuckled, like, ha ha, I'm done, get out of here. But like, it was, it's a nice look on his character that he's, he's wise enough to say he or she, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about the corporate world to really have any I mean, it's, stance on it. Six Sigma is the same of it. every, I, mean, I think this, this was the hot thing before I really started working, but 
every, I don't know, every few years, there's the new trend of whatever they call it. It basically boils down. It's just process improvement and yada, yada. But it's always more or less the same thing. There's just slightly different ways they term things and brand things. And, you know, I think Six Sigma was the one where you get belts like karate. Oh, wow. (laughs) Based off whatever things you complete as you move up the... I guess, like, that incentivization or, like, rewarding thing, like, you... But not it's like, not a, really not a participation but... trophy, not like anything like that. But yeah. like, it's sort of the same as like, oh, you've achieved a new level. You have to be physically rewarded with something to show your standing or to show that you've progressed. Like, I guess that makes sense, and, and on some sort of like mental level, that probably does help people appreciate something better. But I just, I, I mean, like, it does it to me. Getting a belt in a corporate world does not make sense, honestly, because it's just like. I don't know, like a plaque would make more sense versus like a belt. Well, I, 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 I don't think they were literal belts that were handed out. I think, well, maybe some companies oh. did, but I, I think it was just saying, you're at this belt level now. Right? I, 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 well, that just seems silly. I, I don't think me. they, yeah. I mean, I guess like you want to make it fun, but it's just like do something a little bit more that's centralized. I don't know. Again, this dull episode, guys. So now we learn that Jack's going to be in the, uh, the writer's room for the rest of the week. And then we get a good like little montage of just Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, of what he's bringing to the table. Spoiler alert, not much. So I was doing some research on comedy, and I came across the cartoon strip Dilbert, and it's quite good. And I was wondering if we could do that. Do what? Dilbert. You guys want coffee? Oh, yeah. No, 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 you can't say that. Jeb Bush is a friend of mine. Who who should I change it to? Sean Penn. No, Barbara Streisand. Jeb Bush, what you got to say about Jeb Bush? So, this is the first time that they start alluding to his political... Like, because before, up until this episode, he's, you know, he's he's the big CEO corporate... Or not CEO, but he's the the big, like, corporate bigwig guy. It's not... This episode starts the development of into really, like, he's also, like, a Republican power player like he you know he's friends with a lot of politicians and he name drops a lot of people but this is really the first time that he really and there so jed bush there's another reference later in the episode that uh we will get to yeah you're right yeah yeah, yeah. this is sort of his first um what was jeb bush was he governor he was governor time? of florida, florida? back then yeah. yeah yeah and was he governor when bush was running in 2000 um i don't i, I don't know the exact like his exact years of service for that in that position please clap he guns it girl falls into the water so we circle back looking for remember it's pitch black out the boat hits something hard and you hear kind of and brokaw says just go don't look back now i'm not a writer but maybe there's a skit in that so meanwhile, Tracy sends Kenneth on another errand. Yeah, I mean, I know like this is important because it's building up that whole posse thing that we talked about. But yeah, like this was a wasted use of these two characters in this episode. Uh, it's just like a lot of what we see or like what is being asked is just sort of told off screen. We don't get the full story kind of thing. It's just a lot of like missed opportunities. But there are still some moments... But, like, him just saying, like, go to Yankee City and get me nachos. Like, yeah, that's a crazy thing Tracy comes to, like, we come to know that he does. But it's just, like, this was, this could have been a full episode that was just wasted as a B-plot. Or just fleshed out in a more interesting way or, I don't know. 
So. Well, if they if they sort of cut out the Sari uh, plot point of like the way she dresses and That's how she true. presents herself, and Liz trying to yeah. play like a mother role, which doesn't really feel earned. I get it, but it doesn't really feel earned in this episode. If they took that bit out, they could have expanded the Tracy Kenneth story. Like trying to have an A, B, and C story in a in a show like this never really works out. And this is kind of a good example of just it just didn't work, but. With Sari, uh, she very, I mean, I don't know what you would call it, the way she dresses. Like, it looks like one of those, like, if you watch a model runway, like those designs that you never actually would see anyone wear, <laughs> like she's wearing them. Like, they're just so across the board. Well, bizarre. most of them aren't even, like, high fashion. They're just ultra casual beach wear almost. Ultra casual, like... There's so not quite bikini, but very. Practical. But I mean, I mean, as, as it's close like, to. It still looks like beachwear. When you make a bikini, like what she has yeah. on is the stuff you have right before you shape the bikini and, and put yeah. it on. Like I mean, it's, it's very scantily clad. It is funny that it kind of does totally go over the top with it. Um, you know, like obviously in a corporate setting, no one would ever get away with with wearing that. So it's kind of taking the sort of hacky plotline of oh, the woman is being sexy and making all the men go wild or crazy or whatever, and it's turning sure. it up to a degree where it's like it's so over the top where you know it's it's kind of a, a joke in itself that way where right. it's really like really ridiculously sexy. Yeah, because I mean, like Suri's attractive, but like she's not like buxom. She doesn't have like giant breasts or like giant ass or anything like that. That accentuates what she's wearing so like it's never that like horn dog or like really played up to an extreme level but yeah like she gets ogled by the people and and uh it's just kind of like i think that yeah they, they made it so over the top that it's hard to like see it as anything other than it's just like really not so subtle yeah uh, character design for her uh, but we get liz trying to uh, address sari and the way she dresses how she presents herself and how it could be interpreted by her other co-workers Oh, hey, Sari. I kind of need to talk to you about something. Do you have a second? Sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is going to sound really weird, but um, you need to wear a bra. Oh, no, I I, I don't actually. They kind of just stay up on their own. Uh, um, yeah, okay. Uh, what I'm saying is you need to wear a bra to work if you want to be taken seriously in this business. Oh, but I don't actually want to work in television. Career-wise, I'm just going to marry Rich and then design handbags. Here's the thing. The way that you dress is making some people around the office uncomfortable. Really? Who? Not me. I guess it's mostly me that has the problem with it. Oh, because you have, like, one of those body image things? No, it's not that. Good, I... because I was going to say, you, you still have a good body. Well, thank you, but this isn't about me. Like, how'd you dress before you were married? I'm not married, sorry. Oh, for some reason I thought you had, like, three kids. Nope. Never married. No kids. Because sometimes you have, like, food stains on your shirt and stuff. I just assumed that it was kids. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Forget I mentioned it. Sri was great at, quote-unquote, throwing shade before that became a mainstream term. But that's not throwing shade. That's just, like... Well, it she, is, though. It's not, No, because throwing shade is... You're aware that you're throwing shade. Like, you're aware that, like, oh, I'm well, no, that's like, the very thing. sarcastic I mean, to you, and I know. She wasn't, she sincerely thought she had kids. Like, that's not throwing shade. Like, her, that added, think? that added, yeah, that added line of her, like, well, sometimes you have food stains, and I just assume it was from kids. That's her being so naive to what Liz has in her life. That's not, I, I don't count that as throwing shade. 
But I could see you interpreting it that way. Yeah. I, I really think that it was like Sari was just so... Because like she she that comes back in like a couple other episodes where she still thinks Liz has kids and she's just so oblivious and she does not care about Liz enough to remember anything about her. Yeah. I think it's just naivete. I don't yeah. think it's true. I guess I guess I'm thinking it because it's kind of prefaced with the line of, "Oh, I, I'm not here to work, you work. I'm just here to marry rich and then design handbags." Like that that sort of line just shows like a like a clever self awareness that you know what I mean. You can't I, I don't know like you can't say a line like that that's that self-aware and also be so naive as to i think you know, i mean i think it's just yeah. so she's that honest like yeah. she's she's just that honest about like mm, oh well like i'm not here to really do anything more than this so i don't have any interest in any of my co-workers i'm just here to to work until i get married and then i don't want to do that anymore that's how i'm reading that character yeah but that's interesting Let's see how this Sari like secret like <laughs> yeah, secret very that, self aware runs through the undermining the whatever like cruel, cruel or whatever genius pans out because I, I mean I'm trying to think like there's other like I mean she even like invites like Liz and Jenna to be in her wedding and like, yeah I don't think I think she's just honestly she's not stupid she just does not care enough to remember anything about people so she just she's just kind of flippant about like what she like her comments I don't think it's shade I think it's just like just. I'm sorry, I don't know enough about you, and I don't care to know more about you, kind of thing. Yeah, it could just be she is white privilege personified, like moving through life, like knowing that everything will go right and mm-hmm. nothing will ever we'll go wrong, and your life will anything. just be fine. Yep, that's that's a good reading too. Uh, but now uh, Liz and her writers uh, have a little meeting, a little powwow, and have to kick Jack out of the writers' room. Is it my birthday? You have to get Donaghy out of the room. Boy, we as a group might not smell great. Come on, he's stifling us. I feel like I just can't be myself around him. Yeah, Tracy's downstairs right now rehearsing the best thing we've written all week. Beep, beep, ribby, ribby. All right. I'll take care of it. Thanks, Liz. Hey, Mr. Donaghy. Sorry I'm late. I was at a luncheon for Ann Coulter's 60th birthday. Oh, yeah. Listen, it's been really great having you in the room these last few days. Oh, it's been great for me, too, being around all this creativity. I'll tell you, in the beginning, I thought it was going to be a bit of a chore, honestly. But now, oh, I have an idea for you. Uh, Monkey Senate. We open on the Capitol. You can't be in here anymore. What's that? It's not working. You're driving everybody crazy. And, okay, you can just fire me now, and I will go back to teaching improv to senior citizens. Why would I want to fire you? This is fine. Uh, Six Sigma values direct and honest communication between co-workers, so, uh... Thank you, Liz. Oh, sure. I'll just uh, head upstairs now. Okay. Thank you for being so understanding. Absolutely. The thing I like about this either is, like, that sets up like okay there's gonna be like jack's gonna be potentially manipulative he's gonna do something to get back at liz and it never comes back well that's kind of a good subversion though right i guess but i i I, but it's just like there's like no music playing so there's no music sting saying like oh it's everything's happy and playful like it wants you to believe that something's gonna happen well he just generally got his feelings hurt right and wanted he just wants to be liked Right, but I mean, I guess there's like some other bits that come in where like he makes her apologize to him, but refuses to acknowledge he's asked for being to like right. to be apologized to. But I don't know. I just think they could have been handled a little bit better. 
Hey, Jonathan, I left a bunch of messages for Jack, but I haven't heard back. Do you know if he got them? Mr. Donaghy's been very busy. Oh, well, I just, I really need him to approve this budget. Well, I'm sorry, he's out of the country till the end of the week. <gasps> Jonathan just spoke for the first time. Yay! Finally, four episodes in. Yeah, he gets he gets a better he gets a bigger role as the series goes on. But yeah, I really thought it would be longer until we actually hear him speak. I know I was kind of disappointed that <laughs> yeah, but you know, four streaks, uh, four episodes already. Boo, ruin that streak. But let's see. Let's see now. We've got a new streak going of Josh and Jenna. Oh, come back! Come back. <laughs> it couldn't be any more than four episodes. Hopefully not. What's going on? Mr. Donaghy is very upset that you banned him from the writer's room. He wants you to apologize. Really? But when you apologize, you have to act like it was your idea. He can't know that I told you. But he sent you here to tell me to apologize. Exactly. I penciled you in for three o'clock. This conversation never happened. Jenna, set yourself, please, for who wants to eat a dictionary? <laughs> that was pretty funny. Who wants to eat a dictionary? The apology thing is interesting. Oh, even when it's something normal, I hate going up to Jack's office. I always feel like I'm entering the Death Star. I expect to see stormtroopers. I'm telling you, if Donaghy does this at me, I will run. You'll be fine, Captain Nita. No, Captain Nita dies. He dies. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Everything about it is appealing. Everything the traffic will allow. Nowhere can you get that special feeling than when you're stealing that extra pal. What can I do for you? I'm on a helicopter at 15 minutes. Uh, well, sir, I just wanted to say, um... I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings the other day when I asked you to stay out of the writer's room. That's absurd. Completely unnecessary. I haven't given it a second thought. Okay, good, because, you know, the writers, they, they see you as management. Please, it's water under the bridge. Stop worrying and just go on back to work. Of course, I can understand how you might think my feelings were hurt. No one wants to hear that people don't like you. What? No, that no, that's not at all what I was saying before. I, I never said that people don't like you. That's not true. So people do like me? Yes, people like you. Do you like me? Of course. I like you, Jack. You know what I like about you? Mm. Your eyes. You have those black shark's eyes, you know. Very intense. Thank you. Anyway. See, that's still, it's still, like, I still can't figure out, like, the game here. Like, why is he so desperate to, like, seemingly want to be liked? Or, or like, putting on that air of, like, I need to know how my employees feel about me or what you specifically feel. Like, Some people just, just want people to like them. But they I don't, don't like not being comes liked. up in his character. Yeah, it does seem... It, you're it right. seems out for his It does character. seem it slightly off-brand, but I, don't, I mean... And even Liz is still, like, she's in that scene, she's, like, skeptical because she's kind of, like, hesitant. Like, she's kind of, yeah. like, giving him, like, glances, like, what am I... Like, you, I, I'm going to say what you want to hear, but what if I said the opposite? Like, what would what would come of this? Like, yeah. I don't know, it's just... 
It's such a weird. It's such a weird character trait. I don't like it. Tracy has Kenneth run one last area. <laughs> God, still just a wasted use of those characters, man. I got one little errand for you to run. Tomorrow's my anniversary, and I almost forgot about it. But what did I tell you was the secret to having a good marriage and keeping it together, Kenneth? Be a good listener, a giver of gifts, and work that vajayjay. That's my boy. <laughs> That's why I want you to go see my jeweler. Good morning, Liz. Oh, hi, Mr. Donaghy. How are you? Fine, thank you. I remember you mentioning what a big fan you are of the rapper Chameleonaire. Because <laughs> I was dancing with Frank? Oh, yes, yeah. I love Chameleonaire. Well, it just so happens that he's performing uh, this weekend at Webster Hall, and I got some VIP tickets and backstage passes. Uh, you could take the writers or a friend, whatever. Enjoy yourself. You deserve it. Wow. Well. Thank you. That's that's very thoughtful. Well, I think the co-workers should have good personal relationships. I know we've had some missteps, but we've put all that behind us. And I'd like us to be friendly. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, so do I. Wow, I just can't believe Chameleonaire tickets were still available. Huh. <laughs> See ya. Josh, the date, please, for homophobic gays. That's another really going to homophobic gaze. <laughs> I want to watch that skit. What is that about? Just talking to my bud, Jack Donaghy. Bud? Really? Yes, he said he wants us to be friends. He gave me chameleonaire tickets, and he even did this to me. Wow, well, look, having Jack on your side can only make life easier. It's good for everybody if he wants to be friends. I know, but it's so weird. It's like that scene where you see the back of Darth Vader's head with his helmet off, and you're like, oh, he's a human being. I gotta get some new DVDs. Did we just go in a circle? Yeah, I was following you. I was following you. No, I'm going to wardrobe. Okay, good walking talk. <laughs> so 30 Rock makes an explicit reference to Studio 60 because the walk and talk is a very Aaron Sorkin, tra- Aaron Sorkin trademark. Yeah. I think I think West Wing is probably where it was most prevalized, yeah. but it's yeah, <laughs> Sorkin trademark, so. Yeah. I wonder if that wasn't necessarily a slight against them, just like. Oh, like, I don't think just it was slight. Fun I think it was just a cut. I mean, just because since they were airing at the same time, right? You Similar know? premises. Yeah, and I mean, when they would have been writing and shooting this, there's no way they could have known yet that Thirty Rock was going to succeed, while Studio Sixty was going to flop spectacularly. Right, 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 yeah. So it, it was just, I'm, you know, a cute reference, but like, like even the line, like "Good walk and talk," yeah. like, that's clearly like insider lingo, yeah. like what a writer would say, kind of thing. Yeah. So we're in the third act. We're a couple of minutes away from finale. Uh, or at least the credits, and we sort of get one last showdown between Jack and Liz and the writers. Right oh, here, great. Oh, pizza! Thank you, sir. Can we uh, eat this out on the roof gardens? Uh, I don't even know how to get out there. I don't think people are allowed out there. No, I see Today Show people eating out there all the time. Really? Even Ann Curry? Okay. <laughs> I, know, I know the name Ann Curry. I know I've seen her. Who... Is okay. she like sixty? Like they joke about, like in the earlier episode, they like celebrating Anne Curry's sixtieth birthday, and like and then she makes no, like, no, 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 no. The sixtieth birthday is Ann Coulter, oh, which is right. another, which is another political reference. Anne Curry, she was a newsreader and a, a, like a reporter on NBC for a long time, okay. and well, around this time, I think she was still she was a newsreader on Today. This is before she was. The, the co-host of today and there was that whole thing with her and Matt Lauer and how she only lasted for a season and Matt Lauer drove her off but so when I when I was in college I worked at a radio station um, and 
for the radio station had a board of not a board of directors, but basically a board of five or six alumni who more or less all worked in media fields um, and came back to consult and help run the direction of the station. So one of them was a vice president at NBC Universal, and one thing like the really the only thing I ever remember from these meetings that they would have was like the the vice president of, N- of NBC at the time, and there was some lawyer who I I think he was a counsel for Universal or something. Like I just remember them talking shit about Ann Curry, and it was like I because I, I remember because I think to the nation Ann Curry was just like this like news reader. You know, like, no one had, I mean, if you had an opinion, it was like, oh, like, she's, you know, nice. But I, I was, so when the whole thing went down with Matt Lauer and Ann Curry and her getting kicked out, I was like, you know, like, I, I wasn't surprised because it seemed like, I, I don't know, my impression from that was, oh, she must not be very internally popular at NBC. But Ann Curry got her revenge in the end, so. Yeah, she came out better. <laughs> yeah. than I mean, to be fair, I mean, it was completely unfair to be fair, it was unfair. It, it was, I mean, it was really a mess the way it was handled. Basically, Matt Lauer didn't like her, and he undermined her completely the whole time. She was a co-host, and they essentially got her kicked off. And, it, I mean, so really, he, he, I mean, obviously, he was a piece of shit anyway, so he deserved everything he <laughs> got. But it just that, that whole time Whoa, was going taking to, a strong stance against Matt I know, Lauer right? and his little trigger-happy trap door. But I, but, but I just remember when that whole thing was going on, I was like, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that. I, uh, I just don't know. I don't watch a lot of news, and I don't really care for like Today Show and stuff like that. So I know Katie Couric, but I don't think she's on NBC anymore. No, she's been off. No, she's been off the Today Show for a long time now. She, she, I think, because she went to. She did the CBS Evening News for a few years. Post Dan rather, and then for a while she did journalism work with yahoo i don't know if she still does but like i, th- I think she has she has a pod- i mean she basically her i mean she's her own brand now right. like she has a podcast right. and she does specials i think she actually came on for the olympics um earlier this year i either the, the the one of the past couple olympics she came back and did some work with nbc for that so she's you know, i mean she's, she, she's still around she doesn't all the time. need yeah, any she's more still around, work necessarily yeah. but yeah i don't i just don't know enough about any of that stuff but that's interesting like so ann curry just had this reputation from these guys of not that she was like I mean I honestly I don't even remember what, or anything no I, I, like, I don't even remember exactly what they said I just remember like they were like saying negative things about her I mean this is this is even before she was a host so I'm saying this is when she was yeah. just a newsreader but hmm. so that yeah interesting I'll uh, show you the studio in just a minute but first this is where my writers write uh, don't mind the odor but seriously, <laughs> since Tracy's arrival, the show was up in the key demos. We're driving now viewership, and we're effectively synergizing backward overflow. Please, Liz, let us eat outside. You know what? I'll ask Jack. He'll let us eat out there, right? He and I have an important friendship. Hey, they didn't bring any sodas. I'll call Kenneth. Seriously, where is Kenneth? Happy anniversary, Mrs. Jordan. Excuse me, do y'all just have noodles with butter? We get the first look at Tracy Jordan's wife, who is not Tracy Jordan's wife. I was gonna say, where's Sherry Shepard? Sherry Shepard, I guess, had not been at. They, I mean, they probably didn't expect yeah. her like that role to be bigger in, in later seasons. 
But I did some research, and by research, I mean I looked on IMDb. Uh, that was actress Sharon Wilkins. Uh, nothing too prominent. She's just sort of like a character actress on, you know, she has like one episode stints mm-hmm. on like various shows. Yeah. Uh, doesn't have a single line in this. She's just there. So, yeah, I, I always forget until I watch this episode that, oh, yeah, Tracy Jordan's wife was introduced, and it's not even the same actress playing her. She's And she has no lines. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really bad. Like, that's the biggest payoff of the Tracy and Kenneth thing in this, and it's not even really that important. Ham. Ham! Reintegrated conversation. Sorry to interrupt. Can we eat our pizza outside? Because those wangs from the Today Show eat on the roof garden all the time, you know, and I thought since me and you are best buds, boink, maybe you could do me a solid and slip me the key to that thing. Actually, you know what? I'm going to read it differently. Liz gets so comfortable now that her and Jack are friendly she forgets her place so mm-hmm. to speak yeah. and becomes too friendly with a guy in his position yeah that she forgets that there is this sort of separation of friendliness depending on the context of the situation you're in yeah so maybe that is the outcome of like for liz's character is like she's she's good at reading people but she's still bad of just getting so comfortable so quickly that she often causes the mistakes to happen they don't build that up enough in this episode. And I think that's where this whole tr- through line of this episode kind of falls flat. But I think that's how I'm reading that now. Is that she just gets so comfortable too quick yeah. and that makes sense. Her own, yeah. causes her own foibles as a result. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. See, that's satisfactory. <laughs> but they don't express that enough. Well, I mean... I mean, they don't set any of that up. Like, they don't show her having, like, distrust in her coworkers or anything for her to... To finally realize... Yeah, but I mean, but you tied... I mean, obviously you just tied it together, so... Uh, I mean, if they did much more, it could have been too too, too much. That's true. Like, if they if they telega- telegraphed it too much, I guess, yeah. Or I'm just really, really, really smart. Well, that's, like, that's obviously true, yes. <gasps> this guy's the best. You got me kick-ass chameleonaire tickets. He goes like chameleonaire. Anyway, Jack rocks. This guy, A+. Plus. Excuse me for a moment. I'm sorry for what's about to happen right now. Just know that I don't mean it. Don't mean what? What group home did you escape from that you would dare talk to me like some plumber's wife in front of Ron Gordon and Bob Overmeyer? I don't even know who those guys are. Oh, really? Your ignorance was obvious when you waddled up to me with your thin-lipped mouth full of greasy peasant food and addressed me by my Christian name in front of the gentleman from Fairfield. That's Fairfield, Connecticut, Lemon, GE headquarters. But how would you know that with your nine, 40 years of public education and daytime television viewing? If you ever pull a Bush League stunt like that again, I'm going to have you writing promos for arena football so fast it'll make your inexplicably small head spin. Oh, snap. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We thought you said we were friends. I said we were friendly. Well, I don't like you anymore. I don't believe you. Go easy on the pizza. <laughs> okay. That was a funny little bit, but it's still not, not yeah. a great episode to me. Um, just a lot of missed opportunities, I think, yeah. with what it could have been. Yeah, which is kind of, I don't know, it, it, it was almost like every plot line could have been the B story in some episode, except one one actually was a B plot, but another one was stretched into the A plot. So it, it just kind of want want. Yeah, just a just a flat episode. Um, but this series does get better. I think this is 
I'm going to stand by for now. This is the weakest episode of the series, or uh, of the first season. I think I said that about the second episode. So well, then we'll see what happens I'll in the sixth. Have, I'll probably have changing opinions throughout, <laughs> but um, I do remember the next episode, uh, Jactor, episode five. I have better memories of it. And that's what you said last time. That's very, so yeah, so I'm, I'm hesitant we'll find now out. to start getting super hyped for various uh, episodes, but... Um, I do know Tracy does Conan and uh, the episode where Dennis is introduced. Those are two strong episodes. So I will I will wave the flag for those. Um, but yeah, just Jack the Writer, just not a strong episode all around. Had really good ideas that like each, like you said, each plot point could have been a standalone episode and been, been stretched out, been a lot better. But because they were crammed into this one episode with neither one of, with having to reduce those those plot points and then just it just it's weak overall um so yeah it's i mean honestly not much even happens in this episode you kind of need to watch it to to build off of anything uh we, we talked about like kenneth and tracy's relationship starts budding in this but you get that in uh, a later episode so it's not anything <sighs> yeah it's just kind of like an, an like i like once the credits started rolling i was like that's it like i the episode was just over it's just not great. Agreed. Oh well. Disagreed. Well, it had a couple <laughs> moments, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't especially you know. It, it wasn't especially standard episode by any Yeah. Means. So right now we're at three episodes with no Jenna and no Josh, or Tim. Sorry, two episodes, two episodes no yeah. Jenna, no Josh. Jonathan has finally spoke, so we can scratch that from our countdown. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jenna shows up in this next episode. But I mean, it seems weird Josh that... is in it too. Okay, I was saying. I mean, it. It, it, it would be really weird if a series regular missed three episodes in a row. That's but. the first episode we get a skit in. Oh, good. Very good. Jack's acting on the show. So that's the first episode we get to see the actual TGS show aside from the pilot. Yeah. So, sorry this was kind of a bummer, downer episode. Not really glowing uh, how we have in the last They can't all be episodes. winners. They can't all be winners. You have to have some of those bum episodes can't be perfect it's not i don't know what's a like what's a perfect show is there such thing as a perfect show um i, I think if it, did, it would have to be something that didn't last long because mm-hmm. if anything goes i mean when you go beyond a couple of seasons i mean there's a lot more room for error so that's true i don't know i, I never saw my so-called life but it only lasted one season and people love it so maybe my that's so-called true. life i think that's been i don't even know if it's on netflix but that was like one of the first shows i added to my netflix queue yeah uh, i don't think it's i don't think it's on there anymore I, it, it's on it might be on hulu now. It, yeah i would say it, it, i've definitely seen it somewhere maybe that was hulu but yeah. It, yeah i'm sure there's a perfect show out there all right everyone well thank you for joining us on episode four we will see you in episode five jack there david take us out see you next time Shock Week.